Attention Life Tips listeners, looking for better ways to become better, smarter, faster, and wiser? Well, listening to Life Tips is a great start, but how about if we gave you an easier way to listen? Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to Life Tips and even more programs that will help you build to a better health, wealth, and lifestyle. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play today. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tip Show, everyone. Byron White here. I'm here with Susan Shapiro-Barish. Susan, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And did I pronounce your name right? Because it'd be fun if I didn't. Barish, is that right? You got it right. I was actually thinking. Wow, now how did he manage that? Everyone says Barash, which sounds French and much more interesting, but it's Barish. (laughs) Barish it is. (laughs) Yes. You're the author of Nine Phases of Marriage, How to Make It, Break It, and Keep It. Fantastic uh, topic you're taking on here. My first question for you is, are you yourself married? I'm married. Happily? Um, I've been married for 15 years. I have three children from my first marriage, Mm -hmm. and actually two of them are married. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, We're going to go through, of course, some of your analysis of this phased approach, but just tell us a little bit about your research. I'm curious about that. How many people have you interviewed on this topic uh, to try to, you know, get through your methodology that is just amazing, by the way? Well, we're we're going to dive into it, but tell us a little bit about your research for the book. Well, this is my 13th book, and the books that I write are the books I can't find in the bookstore about the way that women in America lead their lives you know, the faces we wear versus, you know, how we really feel. And I've written several books about marriage. Um, I wrote one called The New Wife, uh, which is a very serious study of the five decades of, you know, the last five decades of wifing. And I'd written a book on second wives and one on unfaithful wives. And so this book came about because my last book was about mothers and daughters. And virtually every mother said that she hoped her daughter would have a fantastic marriage, despite her own trajectory. You know, some never married, some divorced, unhappily married, some happily married. So I thought, wow, it's time to really look at what marriage means to women throughout the journey. Got it. Now, just so everyone listening in can tune into your depth, you've written some really cool books. You're grounded forever, bro. First, let's go shopping, uh, tripping the prom, Korean queen. Um, you know, toxic friends talking about unhealthy relationships and friendships you may have and how toxic they are. Really cool stuff. Um, But let's dive back into the nine phases. Why nine phases? Did this just happen to come out nine, like less than ten? I was curious about that. (laughs) Um, Well, no, actually when I pitched this to my publisher, I, I thought there were seven. And, but as I did the research, and you would ask me about the research a moment ago, interviewing 200 women all across the country, various ages, ethnicity, religion, social strata, you know, from big cities, little towns, 
And I thought that there were these seven phases. And then as I interviewed more and more women, I realized that by phase four and five, a lot of women are stuck. So there are these phases where you're sort of, you know, finding tension and distance in your marriage. It's kind of new because many women hang in. I just want to list all the phases so people can get a ballpark topographical overview here, and then we're going to dive into them a little bit deeper. I'm just going to uh, read a few things here and, uh, and get everybody on the same page. Um, the hopeful bride, talk about that, the perfect wife, child centricity, midlife disappointment, loss and closeness of infidelity, the second chance of love, success in the golden years. Those are the nine phases. So let's go ahead and you know, talk a little bit about statistics that are leaping out at you that were some of the drivers from your early research and this sort of theory that you're putting forward to everybody. Let's talk about some bad news, unfortunately. <laughs> give us some stats to, to give us a, a, an understanding of what's happening in the marketplace. Well, the most striking statistic, and again, this is my anecdotal qualitative research, is that the women with whom I spoke said that they wouldn't, over 60% said that they really would not marry their husbands again. And that some, and why does this happen? Usually this happens in long-standing marriages because something really upsetting occurs. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, a sick parent or some kind of illness. The downturn created a lot of tension in marriages where, you know, the husbands lost their jobs at a greater rate than the wives. And so, you know, who is this person when you're going through the tough times? And would you do it again with that person? Uh-huh. That was a surprising stat, indeed. Got it. And, you know, I guess maybe, the, the you know, uh, another stat, you know, over 36% recorded uh, uh, that, well, let me see, has increased, oh, I see, 265% over 36% recorded six years earlier in Women's Day and AOL Living Poll. Got it. Okay. So the trends are going north with unhappiness, right? Does that translate into a divorce? Is that the, is that the conclusion that people are reaching? Or is there are still, are there still a lot of unhappy women that are not divorcing um, and moving on from their relationship and therefore stuck in this and therefore unhappy? Well, there is both. And it really depends on your constitution. It depends on your financial situation. It depends on children or grandchildren or both. Uh It depends on what you expect. I mean, women today have more agency and more autonomy than ever before. So, you know, but but in terms of divorce and, and marriage, divorce and marriage are both down. Slightly, but the U.S. Census tells us that it's down slightly. And in 1980 the biggest, highest divorce rate in America. Why? Because women had been in the workplace about 10 years, they were earning their own money, and they were meeting other men. Uh-huh. So it's, and still three out of four divorces in America today are precipitated by the women. Uh-huh. Do you feel like today's culture with so many women, uh, dual incomes being almost a necessity to advance your socioeconomic status, I mean, are we doomed because of our changes that we've gone through? I mean, is this getting harder and harder for people to raise families, added pressure, sexual activity decreasing? What's your net net on on your conclusion from the book, do you think? 
I think that we lead very complex lives, that we're torn in mm-hmm. many different directions, that it's very slick and fast-paced. Technology mm-hmm. adds to the momentum. Mm-hmm. And that intimacy with one's husband in the pie of life is, is often the first thing to go. So mm-hmm. even though women will tell me, oh, if only we could be closer, if only we still had more sex, if only we had time to talk, no one does it. And women, you know, date night, which sounds so trite, but which is so important, it's the first thing that's thrown out of the equation when it's a very hectic week. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how, you know, this child centricity, one of my chapters, one of my phases, you know, the idea that you are so glued together because of the children, but where does that leave the relationship? Right. And that's just the classic. I mean, we, we see this in our lives as we talk about them. Let, let's start from the top because it really is fun. We'll, we'll make it down a few and then we'll take a break. Phase one, the hopeful bride. You note here 85% of the women long to be married, but do they want the wedding or the marriage? Very interesting point there with so much pressure on the wedding uh, and having a great wedding and it leading, meeting all the expectations of the dream of the wedding. Your contention is obviously the wedding is, is the draw here perhaps? The weddings are out of out of control today and probably the first glitch in what you consider a very happy picture because suddenly wives say that they realize their husbands and their families have a different style, a different approach in terms of finances, how the wedding should be. And sometimes that's sort of even a red flag if it gets to be too dramatic. But Mm -hmm. the stat is that most weddings, regardless of how much money you earn or have, cost over $25,000. In America, mm-hmm. so you know this is concerning. Mm-hmm. Queen, queen for a day, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. and at a high price. Right. Is there a recommendation you have that might question people and give them something else to think about? Maybe delay weddings for a few years. Start no, a new but trend. Into, <laughs> no, but go into counseling before the wedding and really mm-hmm. understand your goals long term and don't just get so caught up in the excitement and the almost Hollywood quality of a wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to really, you know, be a team, be a, be with your partner here. Don't get pulled by your mother's fantasy or your grandmother's fantasy. And don't also be an acrobat for his family, you know, mm-hmm. to se- sort of sell yourself out because he, you know, you want to please him. So it's, it ends up being the first trick. Do you think that the, 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 the gateway to, uh, to uh, marriage is, in fact, children in the sense that we should be married before we have kids and both people want kids, therefore let's get married. I mean, is that a driver here at all, children and kids? Raising it definitely a family together? is, but it's not, it's not for everybody. I uh. mean, we live in a culture that underscores romantic love to the extreme. So we, we watch movie stars, the media tells us we go to movies, we see marriages fall apart, we're thrilled when someone remarries, we're thrilled when it's a romantic comedy that works out because we've all been raised on fairy tales and we believe that romantic love heals all. It's part of the problem. So having children is a very big part of marriage 
But for some couples, it's not as compelling as others. And actually, phase three, child-centric marriages, is when the couple is in sync. Often, if you're married to someone and you're not in sync, that's a a big problem. (coughs) Excuse me, once the children are born, it becomes a problem. You know, you have different values, different approaches. You want parochial school, he doesn't. You want private school, he wants public. You know, you start to see differences. Uh Do you think do you think that counseling mission should be to sort of uh, identify potential problems, or is it more clarifying expectations? I think both. Uh-huh. I think that it's a form of full disclosure that won't happen unless you do it. And you know, if there's clergy or there's a social worker in someone's town and they can go to them, I think they're putting themselves at a great advantage. Also, to to really discuss with your future spouse what your what your values are, what what you really want from this relationship, and to do some what ifs. What if you lose your job? What if he loses his job? What if you have to be relocated? What if you know you know how many children? What if you are infertile? Or you know just all the sort of you know vicissitudes of life and marriage. Uh-huh. They need to be discussed, and you can't just idealize marriage because that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the next chapter slash phase, the perfect wife. Or I guess we could say the perfect husband, I might add, right? You could, you um, could do that. <laughs> um, new wives yeah. slash husbands strive to have the perfect marriage, often sacrificing their needs to make their husbands happy. I'm not sure who does that, by the way, but I've heard this. (laughs) It's concerning. It's concerning that women lose themselves so quickly and that even if you've lived with your future husband before he becomes your husband, that you sort of become wifey. Social director, housekeeper, driver, errand runner, runner, and that goes to sort of the myth of the good girl, you know, the pleaser. Hang on. get very... Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. If both parties are mutually driven towards this perfect relationship, namely husband and wife, and they're constantly making sacrifices for one another and being team players in support and it's a perfect symmetry, isn't that a good thing? I mean, don't you have to sort of sacrifice your individual goals for for this new team that's united? I would think it's more of a delicate balance. I'm hearing women say that pleasing... You know, working hard to please the husband is exhausting and, you, you know, losing yourself is a great danger for women because it it puts the relationship in jeopardy if you're not really taking care of yourself as well. And then what are the real issues in, in a marriage? Money and um, time together, you know, extended family, you know, getting to see your in-laws and your parents and... So, you know, there's lots to balance once you're married. It really changes everything, mm-hmm. even if, as I said, you've lived together. It, it, you know, it, uh, the way that it's phrased here, and I'm sure that the, the chapter does a lot more justice to it, but it, it feels a little bit old school, like a wife's goal is to please the husband and the husband is the worker. I mean, I don't see that happening now, do you? I mean, I I, think- I actually do. I is it a, would, a motherly, you know, sort of a, is this, is this instinct, is that your point, that, that, that takes over, you know, um, that roles no, and responsibility I would, unfold in a marriage? And, 
I mean, for example, I'm the cook of my family, right? My so how does that? And I do all the grocery shopping, and so I have balance. My wife doesn't cook at all, you know. So, you know, am I the caring provider then, or how does it how does it work? Well, it's I I can't really just prototype it. What I would say is that I found among young women, particularly millennials despite that there are more women in colleges and graduate schools today than ever before in America, that when they get married, they are very willing to put their careers on hold in order to have a family and be accessible to their children. And why do their husbands, also millennials, appreciate this? Because they are the children of the boomers. And you know that many of the boomers have been divorced and remarried in many cases, mm-hmm. and that the commitment in this marriage is kind of a backlash to the future in which the couple agrees, you know, why hit a glass ceiling? Why end up divorced like our mothers did? Why not, mm-hmm. you know, really? So it becomes a more traditional marriage among the millennials, which is really fascinating. Great stuff. Let's take a break here, everyone, and then we'll rear some children and uh, talk about child sin. <laughs> child centricity when we come back. Back in just a minute, everyone. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link-building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? (laughs) You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. (laughs) Aim clear. The agency brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Looking behind the news affecting internet marketing. Bringing to light views from the voices. Speaking out on the latest technical issues affecting you. This is the radio show that brings the internet marketing community to connect with you. Digital Marketing Matters. Presented by Fang Digital. Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Listen to the debut episode on demand now. 
Inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, Susan. So great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Children, children's centricity. So, you know, focusing on children more than the couple uh, certainly can do some some damage. Tell us, tell us about that, um, and how that plays into to yet another great stage here that you've analyzed. Well, ch- children are so rewarding and so desired, and we all know this, and also very consuming and. Again, if the couple has discussed everything that they would like and hope for for their children beforehand, you're at an advantage. But if, but if you have very disparate styles, and your husband really still, ex, you know, expects you to go out on Saturday night and not, you know, and you say no, I need to stay home with the young children, and you you want different things from marriage as a result of the children. And then you have different ideas of how your children should be raised because maybe you were raised differently, and it starts to be a tension. But in our society today, children are unbelievably important. There's even great narcissism. Oh, my child achieved this. You know, we're talking about an eight-year-old. Oh, my child achieved that, and somehow that enhances you. So you have to be careful. Couples can be very into it. Mm-hmm. Is there pattern that you see with regards to um, men that stay home with and, 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 and are with the kids and tension that could build in the family and the bonding that happens between, say, the father. And you probably didn't study this, obviously, when you wrote the book, but, you know, versus women. Is the tension the same for men and women with this child-centric mentality? If the father is the primary caregiver and he's the stay-at-home parent? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Well, I did look at that, and I do report on that in the book, and there's a very small percentage of stay-at-home, of stay-at-home fathers in America. And interestingly enough, they are usually not very welcomed by the stay-at-home mothers. Hmm. So they're really kind of isolated. But what happens to the wife in those situations is that they are usually very serious career women. So they're highly sensitized to how they're treated by the stay-at-home mothers. And even though it might be a very open and, and discussed agreement between you and your husband, you stay home, I have this great job, it's all good, it, sometimes a, a real tension and friction builds because... I found, you know, that um, a third of all women earn more money than their husbands in America, and what I found is that wives were not happy and resented that they weren't, that their husbands were the ones who stayed home. So it's really interesting. Oh, this is all fine, except it isn't. So the, it is tough for the marriage. Again, it's, you know, we have one foot in the old way and one foot in the new way, and that's part of the problem with being a wife and being married today. As the marriage progresses, which we're seeing here, we're in the children phase, do we do we magnify the problems that maybe existed from the beginning of time? Um, 
and look for excuses to get out of the marriage fueling off of those potential problems. I mean, is there a magnifying glass sort of thing going on here with with regards to problems? Well, if the romantic love and the passion and longing of phase one tends to diminish, which it does, you know, most studies will tell you that it just naturally diminishes over time. That's why it's so important that you and your wife are true friends as well as just lovers. Um, that can that can definitely cause a problem. But there are all thresholds, various thresholds of tolerance and acceptance. So if one of the spouses is very angry at the other, that creates just, you know, a dark cloud, no matter what is done right, no matter what succeeds. So it depends on the couple. But th- there is a shake-up period where friction starts to really seep into the marriage, and the wives are usually the ones who are very disappointed. Hmm. Is there hope in your conclusion before we... <laughs> oh, you mean it, in, by phase four, yeah, you know, when there's um, tension? Yeah, I think that it, this is one reason I wrote this book, so that you can sort of, you know, flip through it and see yourself where you've been, where you're going, and to really think about you know, what is it about this marriage that isn't satisfying me? Finances, sex, why are you so disappointed? Um, You know, is it that the children take up all the oxygen? Is it that your husband works so late? Is it that you're not working and you really miss earning your own money and having some kind of, you know, recognition in 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 the office beyond like, you know, children and diapers? But the tall order here is that women say to me all the time that they want to be best friends and lovers with their husbands these days. And uh-huh. that's, that's pretty tr- you know, that's a lot. So, you know, can you improve the routine? Can you be intimate and committed? Um, can you sort of, you know, make those arguments and misunderstandings less upsetting and, and less frequent? Yeah, but only if you're really aware of how to move forward together and Again, as always, for the wives to lower the bar. Mm-hmm. So that's a big problem. You know, we expect so much from the men. The second time around, does it get any better for, for women? That's that's a really curious question. Um, for some, yes, and for others, no, because the U.S. Census tells us that 66% of second marriages fail, whereas only approximately 50%, maybe a little less, of first marriages now. Second marriages are complicated by children from the first, financial obligations to a first family, um, ex-in-laws, and so forth. And then maybe just the idea of how the children get along. So, you know, there's a lot that you bring to the party. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Until next week, everyone, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser when it comes to the nine phases of marriage particularly. See you next week, everyone. Thanks.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.